here in 22 minutes because it's media day. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm JP Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS number 3112, Equal Housing Lender. Did you hear what he said? How he's in the best shape of his life? How he lost 10 pounds? How he put on 10 pounds of muscle? How his hype videos in the summer absolutely ruled with Chris Brinkley. I can't believe the summer went so fast, and we're back. That's media day. And Media Day can get a little silly because you get off into the tangents, whatever. But it's exciting because it's the official mark of the start of the season. Games, fake games that is, preseason ones, they start Sunday. And the Jazz will be in Edmonton to take on the Raptors at that point. And with that, got a new coach, got a new team, got new faces, new jerseys. It's here. It's all new. New experience, new team, uh, a new vibe, really. Um, I haven't had a ton of time to kind of like spend with everybody just because I was here last week for maybe like three days and you know, got to play pickup, uh, worked out um, with everybody, you know, kind of just making my way around the locker room, talking and trying to learn names. Um, but, you know, a big thing. I think, you know, it's a bunch of young guys. You know, I played with Colin in Cleveland. Vando is like, Probably like one of my favorite guys. You can like tell his presence on the court. He's super long, um, athletic, and can defend. I think that's very, uh, you know, appealing. And I think you got a lot of guys that can shoot the ball still and, um, you know, do a lot of things. Jordan Clarkson describing the Jazz in the only way he can. And I thought Monday was no drama. Media day for them, nothing really happened that was eye-popping and controversial. Was in Brooklyn. He's really tweeting about that guy. What's on his IG story? Who's he listening to? Wasn't Golden State. Can they keep this team together? How's the contract talks going? Wasn't Phoenix. Oh, he's quiet quitting, huh? For the Jazz, it was, what do you know about Will Hardy? It was the new faces. It was the fact that This team is devoid of the old guys that you saw last year, and it's completely transformed. And because there are so many new faces, I think it's an opportunity to go 60 seconds per interview that we heard, everyone who spoke, and give you the big takeaway away from them. From oldest to youngest, barring Will Hardy because he's younger than Rudy Gay, but you'll get it. You'll get onto the format. This is your little cheat sheet in case you don't want to watch all of the interviews, okay? You'll get it in this bite-sized format because I think you deserve it and I think you deserve to save time. So I'm going to help you save time. Starting off, Justin Zanuck, general manager of the Jazz. I feel like I've talked to him a bunch over the last couple weeks because he's had to explain the direction of the team. He's made some transformational changes. And as someone who has done that, Monday was about outlining the new era and telling people about the new era because he got to speak to fans about why he traded two of the franchise's pillars, the franchise faces. So he explained that, and I thought it was smart of him to tell people that he was in communication with all the veterans about what was happening in trade talks, when it was picking up, when it wasn't. It helps that he's talking to those guys because – It can be difficult 
to hear your name in trade talks and think that you're the next guy gone. Four of the five starters from last season are out of here, and you can't help but think that you could be next. Now, that being said, the roster that he did construct with all the trades that his squad did make, it's not the process Sixers. Those teams had players that were one-year, one-and-done NBA professionals. And that's okay. They get their chance. But they didn't stick around the league because they had a different objective in mind. And I don't think that's the same objective that Justin Zanuck has. It's definitely not the one that Will Hardy has. The head coach, his first year. He is 34, and he is emphasizing hard work. It was his deal saying, Team 49... That's his little slogan. You remember Quinn Snyder, strength of our team is our team. Dennis Lindsay, Jazz DNA. Somebody unironically brought that up in the press conference, and it wasn't me, so I was very pleased to hear that. But how's he measuring success? Making sure that they're being competitive, making sure that they're working hard. And if he identified one thing in the first early goings of seeing this team, he said that they're offensively skilled. And if you look at the team on paper... They are going to outscore opponents. That's going to be their best avenue to winning. Defensively, they have to figure it out, but they have offensive skills. Will Hardy acknowledged that in his press conference. How he uses them, I'm sure it'll be in that Spursian model where everybody's touching the ball. And that has to be a welcome sign to Rudy Gay, somebody who didn't get opportunities last season, got DNPs in the playoffs, but 36 years old, He says he doesn't want to just sit on the bench. He wants to play. And last season ought to energize him towards trying to find spots where he can affect the game. Because at this stage of his career, you have to wonder where it's going. He's not a small ball five option. He is a four. But he still needs to stretch a defense, shoot those threes, move the ball, use his professionalism. Because that's going to be an asset on this team of getting the young players, the rookies, into the NBA game. He opted for a new number this season, 22. So update your nickname for him accordingly. Mike Conley was the guy who recruited him to the team, and he is the unquestioned leader of this squad. There's some trepidation during the summer. Would he still be on this team? He felt it, but now that he's here, he has a mantle of longest-tenured jazz man. And as he wears that hat, he can shepherd in Colin Sexton. He can bring in Ochai Abaji, the guards. Those players can look up to this guy because they've seen him perform at the highest of levels. Even last year, he struggled. As he ebbed, so did the team. He was a good metronome. But he'd tell you it wasn't his best. And even then, he shot 40% from three. He could still have moments of real brilliance. Non-flashy box scores, but affecting the game. And that's what winning players do, and that's what Mike Conley is, even at an advanced age. Kelly Olenek, he's 31, coming over from the Boyan Bogdanovich trade. And shout out to Boyan, who absolutely deserves all of the acclaim that he's getting from Jazz fans, because if you remember back to that offseason, Jazz were thinking about going for Nikola Miritich. Well, if they went with Miritich, they're not getting Boyan. So as a backup plan, Boyan comes. He provides the necessary spacing for that offense. They lean more to his strengths by shooting a bunch of threes, and they accrue the wins. He is so good. And him getting an opportunity with Detroit 
I'm sure, will benefit that program a whole heck of a lot. But back to Kelly. He was drafted by Danny Ainge. They have a familiarity. They have a good relationship. He spoke on it. It makes sense that Danny would bring in players that he has familiarity with. And as a concern from me, who would be the center on this team, Kelly Olenek can be that center. The man's a credible pick-and-pop option. He can be a starter throughout the season. And as a big who's been through the battles, been through not only winning situations, but losing situations, rebuilds, retools, he's been through it. He can help younger players along. And he spoke on this, being in those situations, having an opportunity in Houston, Miami, Detroit, those struggling situations, there are some blank faces in a locker room. And the Jazz don't have that. There aren't blank faces. You know some of these NBA players. You know they've been around and they can provide NBA-level play. So that hasn't been a concern for him as he's been here for just about 36 hours. Jordan Clarkson. Did anybody have a better summer than him? I don't think so. He had Fashion Week, his national team, and he was in a water fight. That sounds like a pretty good summer. And the best fit that he wore all summer happened to be in the Philippines, in Manila, playing for his team. There's a reason why he has such a rabid fan base. I'm sure there's some Filipino fans listening right now to the podcast because they love Jordan Clarkson. If you watch his YouTube channel, he was mobbed everywhere when he went over to play for his national team. It was unreal, the love that he got there. The jeers that he got there when he was playing on the road with his team, and then after the game, people are asking for autographs still. Now, he couldn't go anywhere to shop, to eat, because when you're 6'5 and you're that tattooed, kind of hard to blend in, but that was his finest fit. Cody Zeller, training camp invite, but in his 10th season in the league. His talk was all about his struggles, and he's had some. Surgeries, went through a difficult knee injury with Portland. That's what upended his season. He ended up getting waived. He actually was going there to replace Hassan Whiteside as a backup big for that team. He can pass from the post. He can operate there. He spent eight years in Charlotte. Having that change over to Portland can't be easy. But he says he's fully healthy now, and I hope it makes the team because I want to do a podcast with him about the Sweet 16 in 2013, Syracuse, Indiana. I want to know what he remembers about it because I remember one team going on to the lead eight. Simone Fantecchio, 26-year-old rookie out of Italy. If you can think of two similar places, it is a Mr. Basketball and Cody Zeller and Simone Fantecchio from the Italian coast. He was a Eurobasket success story. Shined, and he verbalized a man who is finally being able to live out his NBA dream. He has wanted to come to the league. This matched up with a good group, and his shot is shooting. He said it was his best skill. He's still working on his ball handling, always wants to get better at that. If you read earlier on about how his idol in basketball was Joe Ingles, take that as misinformation, because he explained... When he was talking to the reporter, got lost in translation. And Joe Ingles, as much of an idol as he is for many people, he's not Simone Fantecchios. But he does respect the game, and having played international basketball, they do know each other. But don't expect him to put the ball on the deck and operate like that. He's going to be a shooter, and he's going to go out there and defend. 
Stanley Johnson in his eighth season in the league. It was refreshing to hear his honesty as he joined the media because at this point last season, he wasn't in a training camp. He was one of the later additions to the Lakers as a COVID call-up. And that wasn't the best situation because you know what happened in L.A. There's a lot going on. But he has moments. And one of those moments was against the Jazz heading into the All-Star break. He blew up and it showed how capable he was. It was one of his most efficient years on the floor as he shot 50% from two-point range. He wants this opportunity. While he is in his eighth year, he is still young. Made sure to let everybody know that. And he's coming off of that Patrick Beverly trade. Malik Beasley also traded here. He said he pretty much stuck around in Salt Lake City since the trade because he knows about the altitude and he wants to get adjusted to it. He's training by running hills, going on hikes. I think this was a first from a media day, hearing somebody's goal to want to be the Community Assist Award winner. That's what he said. He's making all the right moves to repair his image because he needs to and he needs to atone for himself. But on the floor, if he continues to shoot 38% from three, he can have a lot of success here. Lowry Markinen, no jazz man had a better Euro basket than him. He was the second leading scorer at the tournament. And he said he didn't surprise himself by the way that he played. He was a huge cog in their success. Had a 40-point game. He was doing off the dribble. He was spotting up. He can shoot from deep. It's a completely different game. The international. But those flashes are exactly why people were so high in his draft class. And he came out with Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, that draft class. He was playing more on the ball. And of course, in Cleveland, he was playing out of position as the three. He's more suited to being a four. If he has even an ounce of that confidence left over from Eurobasket, he could be set up for a pretty good season. I don't know if he's a shoo-in for the starting lineup, but he's definitely a piece of what's going on with Will Hardy's system as an offensive talent. He is offensively talented. Nikhil Alexander-Walker came in very zen, had a philosophy to him. You heard him rhapsodically talking about that and how he's at peace with himself in the world. It's hard to insert yourself as a midseason player last season when he was traded onto the team, but now he has a full camp. Now he can actually integrate himself into a group where everybody's looking at each other. He came into a very entrenched group, and now everybody has a pretty clean slate. He can just fit in where he gets in. And as it was described when he came here, he's Jordan Clarkson-ish player. He can come off the bench, provide score. And that's similar to what Colin Sexton does. Because he is scoring in bunches. 2020-2021, he was on an all-star trajectory. But it's the Eastern Conference. His position was deep. He didn't make it. But last year, he dealt with injury. He wasn't a part of that big Cleveland resurgence. He is the marquee name in the Donovan Mitchell deal coming back. He'll get an opportunity to show how much he contributes to winning. And this sign trade might be exactly what he needs to show that his style can turn into wins.
tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out. First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz. Jared Vanderbilt. I call him the mayor of Chip City. He was the one who brought up the fact that everybody has a chip on their shoulder, underdog mentality. He wants and accepts being a bulldog on the defensive end. He He's going to be very impactful on possessions. Whether or not they're good on the defensive end remains to be seen, but I know Jared Vanderbilt's going to be giving the necessary effort because in Minnesota, under Dave Vanderpool, assistant head coach, their defensive coordinator over there, he was relied upon to be the muscle on their back line. Great disposition, 23 years old, he has a bright future. The other guy who came over in the Boyan trade, Sabin Lee, former Detroit Piston, came out of Vanderbilt. He was billed as a microwave scorer off the bench in his draft profiles. He wasn't on the most successful Vanderbilt teams, but when he got his opportunity, he was the reason that they had success. There was a stretch where Aaron Neesmith went out and Lee was being relied upon, and he averaged 20 points per game. He fell back in Detroit because they had bigger draft picks, added Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham. Saban Lee can get lost in that. He needs to work more on his shot, below average from deep, but as a backup option at point, maybe. You do it. Doak, his third year, coming from the old regime into the new one, He's contending at that center position, young prospect. He spent the summer in Egypt with Basketball Without Borders. I think Chris Finch was also there, Minnesota Timberwolves head coach, other head coaches as well. But Doak went there for that Nigerian connection. He's from Nigeria. He's on the continent. He explained how his Nigerian heritage was something that he shared with his college roommate. They would have Nigerian food at their dorm, in their rooms. And they would share that. And oddly enough, his roommate at Kansas was Ochai Abaji, the rookie who came over in the Cleveland deal. Abaji got his start by burning his red shirt his freshman season because Dope got hurt. They were a little thin, and they needed another player, and Abaji stepped up into that role. His first game against TCU, he gets a play drawn up for him, and it's an alley-oop dunk. Dream start. And he goes through a lot of winning. The guy wins a national championship. And he puts in the work. Is he the highest ceiling in the world? No. But he has a high floor. He's someone that other players noticed and highlighted as someone who impressed in OTAs. That's probably because they didn't have a good gauge on his game, but still impressive. And he named his top three movies when he was pressed by the media. Interstellar, Nacho Libre, Back to the Future 2. Good choices. I would go with Anchorman, Casino in Chinatown, but nobody's judging. Jared Butler, second-round pick from last season. He's in his second year. He struggled at Summer League, but he was upfront about trying to put too much on him. 
Like he wanted to be an all-star immediately. And if that's what you're trying to do right off the jump, that's too many expectations for yourself. You got to dial it back. You got to figure out what your game is right where Ochai is. He knows he's a defensive specialist, can shoot the ball, 3 and D. He fits into a mold. Jared Butler trying to do too much affected the way he played Summer League, affected the way that he played. Ultimately, if he's going to develop, he needs to get minutes. On a younger team, there's a good chance that he'll get some burn. Leandro Balmaro is in a similar situation. Being his second year, he was a professional overseas, took a bridge year there before coming overseas after his draft year. He didn't necessarily have a basketball break. He went from Summer League to Argentina to play in America Cup, had success, was a rotation player on that team. They won America Cup on the road, mind you, in Brazil. And as a rotation player, he was contributing to winning. The thing that's going to hold him back, similar to Ricky Rubio, his shot. He spoke on trying to dial in that shot, not necessarily change it, but get better mechanics on it. Because he has flair, he can pass. That's what I saw in Summer League, is that he has a creative vision, like a number 10 in soccer. Am I pigeonholing him because he's from Lionel Messi's home? Absolutely. But he does have multiple passes in his back. Season reviews from the Minnesota blogs, that's all they highlighted. His passing. I think Jazz fans know a thing or two about assists and creative players. Much like Talon Horton Tucker, who... If you spoke to Lakers fans a year ago, high, high expectations. They were ready to anoint him. Unfortunately, he's playing on a team with LeBron James where LeBron gets to operate on the ball. And so he takes a back seat, and he's included on the Patrick Beverly deal. Probably not exactly what Lakers fans thought they would get if you said you're going to trade Taylor Horton Tucker, but now that he's here, he has an opportunity and chance to get more of that, to be a primary player. And he's a sneaky asset to be on this team because he's always flown under the radar. Chicago, played at Jabari Parker's high school at Simeon, goes to Iowa State, leaves immediately. He's just 21 years old. He's the third youngest player on the team, but he has four years of NBA experience. He's going to be a good barometer for how well, this system develops players. And it's done a lot through its history in the modern jazz era. Johnny Juzang on a two-way deal. I think he'd be a pretty good podcast guest because of my notes that I took down. I want to hear a, a Bill Walton story from him with that Bruin connection. He had a phenomenal career at UCLA. He was a mid-range assassin, maybe not going to play that much like that in the NBA, but he's a two-way contract guy, so he'll be up and down with the stars. He needs time at this level, and at UCLA, you have these tremendous runs, digging back to the 90s, when you're talking magic, getting this started, having the best of the very best down in Westwood to play pickup hoops, and Johnny Juzang finally can do that now at the NBA level. He's playing against really good competition. His summer league was confident for him. He took big shots. He wanted to take big shots. He's a shooter. His game is going to be coming off screens, 
finding his shot that way. It's not going to be on the ball, so keep the expectations low. Walker Kessler will never go hungry because he eats a lot of tape. Not only did he admit that, he talked us through that, of what he wants to see on the floor defensively as the middle linebacker of the defense. He's calling out actions, what the guard's supposed to do, what the big's supposed to do. He thinks about it at an academic level. That's encouraging to hear. Kessler played alongside Jabari Smith. He knows how to play with big talents. But offensively, he said he wants to be featured in his jump shooting, which he thinks he can demonstrate. And that's something Bruce Pearl on this podcast said he can do. Maybe not this year. Maybe next year. Might be like Rudy Gobert's three. Might not be able to ever see it. It'll just be a practice feature. But he's thinking about it. He did have the funniest moment of the day when he admitted that he does believe that he looks like Will Hardy. I don't see it, but you do. If you do, maybe we could get them in the same room together. Potentially 82 times in an NBA arena. So there you have it. Roster rundown. Interview rundown. Notebook dump. 20 minutes. Next time we talk, basketball will be played. Preseason starts on Sunday. AT&T Sportsnet. 4 o'clock Mountain. And we're off and running. I'll keep an eye on Victor Wembanyama against Scoot Henderson in the G League Ignite next week. Get an insider on that. Talk through early draft and those preseason games. But that does it for today. JP Chunga, roundballroundupyutahjazz.com. Till next time, bye for now. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, go follow my YouTube channel. Number one is Interstellar uh, with Matthew McConaughey. It's a really good movie. Number two is Nacho Libre. Mm. Just kind of, you know, switch it up. And then number three is Back to the Future 2. How'd you come with it? Uh, rated out of one out of ten. Um, sure. Like a seven and a half. That's pretty good. Yeah. One out of ten. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know. Seven out of ten. <laughs> seven out of ten. Fair